Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, we are now coming to that part of the First Thessalonian Epistle. In chapter 1, comes up right quickly in the epistle where Paul deals with the doctrine of election, which is one of the most challenging doctrines in the Word of God, and one of the most debated. And in some cases, at least in the case of some people, one of the most hated doctrines in the Bible. But I don't see how anyone who is a true child of God can hate something that God loves can hate something that God does, can hate something that God has revealed. There seems to be a problem with that very reality that there are some people who call themselves Christians who have such a bitter antagonism toward the doctrine of election, that is, the doctrine of unconditional election, that it's not conditioned upon anything in man, anything that man does or anything that man is, but is entirely an act of a sovereign God exercising his sovereign will to choose who he is going to to grant salvation to. It's a serious doctrine. It's a sobering doctrine. And it's no wonder that many people avoid it. Even some who believe it don't want to talk about it, don't want to discuss it, don't want other people to know that they believe it, even though They have become convinced that it is in the Bible. But if it is in the Bible, it needs to be studied. It needs to be proclaimed just like anything else that's found in the Bible, right? That's the commitment of Bible teachers and preachers who are committed to consecutive expository preaching, that is, going through large sections of Scripture, in most cases whole books of the Bible, verse by verse, without skipping anything, no matter how difficult it is. I can't tell you how much I have benefited from that. It has forced me to wrestle with some difficult things and to come out with a much clearer understanding of them. So, thank you for joining me on this Wednesday, February 28, and thank you for considering the financial needs that we encounter in order to pay the bills to keep this broadcast on this station. All right, we're going to talk about Paul's assurance that the Thessalonian believers were, in fact, chosen by God. He says in verse 4, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. 
Now, he's already given some evidence of it prior to that statement, and we've looked at that. What did he do? He thanked God for, in verses 2 and 3, your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope. Paul saw evidence of faith and love and hope in these people. Paul saw evidence of a faith that produces good works, of love that motivates good deeds, of hope that produces endurance. And so when he makes the statement in verse 4, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, that statement is based, first of all, on what he has already said. In fact, that's the way it's, it's punctuated in my Bible, that knowing, beloved, your election of God is all part of the sentence that begins in verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God, in the sight of our God, in sight of our God and Father, knowing, right on into verse 4 from verse 3, the first word, knowing, in verse 4 is not capitalized. It's the continuation of the sentence that began in verse 2, where the first word is capitalized. Knowing, brethren, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. So Paul thought he could know that these people were the elect of God by their work of faith, their labor of love, their steadfastness of hope. But he's going to go on through the remainder of the chapter to give a whole lot of other evidences, a lot of other assurances that pointed to this wonderful reality that these people were the elect of God, that they were chosen unto salvation, that God had saved them sovereignly by his grace, and now the evidence of that salvation is seen in their lives, and that is the evidence of their election. And so, before we go any further in this section, just starting with this statement in verse 4, a short statement, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, we realize that election is something that can be known. Now, there are some people who believe in election, but they don't think it's possible to know. And their attitude is something like this. If you ask them, are you sure that you're going to heaven? Are you saved? Do you have assurance that when you die, you'll be with the Lord in heaven? They say, I hope so. And their hope so isn't based upon a a, a salvation, a concept of salvation is based upon works. Now, some people, their, their response of I hope so is based on that. I hope I'll be in heaven. I hope I'll go to heaven when I die. I hope I'll be living a righteous life at that time. I hope I'll be, be uh, accepted by God at that time. I hope I'll be doing the right things at the time of my death so that I go to heaven because if I'm not, if I backslide and if I fall away, then I won't go to heaven, and so I can't say, I know I'll go to heaven when I die, because I don't know when I'm going to die, and I don't know what my works are going to look like at that time in my life. So some people are looking at it that way when they say, I hope so. I remember talking to a man, wow, it goes back so many years now, probably 40 years or more, but he'd come to our church to help us with a 
piece of equipment that we needed help with, and I got to talking to him about his his uh, relationship with God, his where he was, and so forth. And he told me that he was a member of a particular um, branch of of what is generally considered Christianity. And um, well, I asked him, um, "Do you have assurance that if you died today, you would be in heaven?" And he said, "No, I don't, because he's, what well, what he said was this. I, I said." Do you know that if you that when you die you'll be in heaven? And he said, "No, I don't know that because I don't know where I'll be when I die in my condition before God, but I can tell you that if I died today, I would be with God in heaven." In other words, he felt like he was in good enough condition at the time I was asking the question that if he died then, he would go to heaven, but he couldn't predict what might happen in the future. He could sin terribly and fall away and so forth. And so his hope so was based upon an erroneous works concept of salvation, that we're saved at least in part by our works. And he didn't know what his works would be like at the time of his death, so he couldn't be sure that he would go to heaven when he died because he didn't know when he was going to die. You say, I've said all that. I don't want to go through it again. But that's not what I'm talking about here. There are some people who firmly believe in the sovereignty of God in salvation. They believe in the doctrine of divine election, but you ask them if they know that they're going to be with the Lord when they die, and they say, I hope so, because they they say uh, salvation is tied to election, and I don't know who the elect are, and I can't be sure that I'm one of the elect, and, and God hasn't shown me the book of life and whose names are written in the book of life, the, the elect of God. And so I hope I'm there. I think I am. I'm, I'm, I'm very desirous. I'm very, very, um, very much endeavoring to, to, uh, to be there. <laughs> it's hard for me to even put this into language because I, it's so far f- foreign to what I find in the Bible. But they think it's presumptuous for a person to say, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. Because, because of the doctrine of election, they don't think anybody but God can know for sure. But interestingly, Paul doesn't think that way. It's amazing how the Bible has a way of destroying some religious concepts. And this is one of them. Is it not possible to know your election? Yes, it is. Paul could even know the election of others. He not only was certain of his own election by God, but he was confident of the election of these Thessalonian believers that he's writing to. He didn't say this statement, by the way, to the Corinthian church, because it's clear that he had some concerns about some of them that some of them, their profession of faith was not genuine because they weren't evidencing producing good works out of their life. They weren't demonstrating faith that produces good works. They weren't demonstrating love that motivates good deeds. They weren't evidencing a hope that produces an enduring faith. They were, some of them were, were living lives that called into question their 
profession of faith. So Paul didn't write to them and say, I, I know your election. But he did to this church that is a model church that apparently he didn't know of anybody whose life raised questions about their salvation, which is another way of saying raised questions about their election. He could say, knowing, beloved, brethren, your election by God. It is something that can be known. It can be known that they are recipients of the new birth. Paul considers them brethren. It can be known that they are objects of God's saving love. They are beloved, that is, beloved of God. It can be known that they were included in God's electing grace, in God's sovereign choice, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. This is something that can be known. So cross out the idea that election is not something that can be known. It is. It was to Paul. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, or maybe a more literal translation, knowing his choice of you. Not knowing your choice of God, though that is true as a result of God's work in their lives. They did choose him. Not knowing your decision for Christ, though that also is true as a work of God's grace in their lives. Nor did he say, beloved, knowing your or God's ratification of your choice, which would be the doctrine of ratification, not the doctrine of election. He didn't say, knowing, brethren, that God voted for you and the devil voted against you and you cast the deciding vote. No, knowing, beloved brethren, God's choice of you. That's the Bible doctrine of election, and that's the one that we're going to flesh out over the next several verses in the first chapter. Please join me tomorrow. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.